Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. Today we have Colin Carr. Colin is the founder and CEO of Carr Healthcare Healthcare Realty. They are the nation's leading provider of commercial real estate services for healthcare tenants and buyers. Colin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ross. I appreciate it. So to be honest, as I was telling you earlier, this is kind of new to me because I know the residential real estate market really well because in a past life, I, I dabbled in that world and I've got some good friends in that world. In the residential real estate world, the agents who list the who could who dominate and control the listings typically are the highest earners and typically control the market. You are a tenant rep only, you do no sell side at all. And I find that absolutely fascinating. So you guys have uh, you're in 40 states and you started in Colorado. So kind of tell us the evolution of car and how you got to where you are. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I started in property management in my late teens, 18, 19. Um, I got into brokerage when I was 23. And when I first started, I was a generalist. I did I did retail stuff for, for like Walmart and Wendy's and large retailers. Um, I later started moving into more office space, industrial deals as well. And so I was a generalist. If the deal moved, I chased it. Uh, a number of years into my real estate career, one of my uh, industrial property landlords bought a medical office building and they asked me if I would list it. So I, I got thrust into the medical real estate world, started learning it very quickly picked up a bunch of other listings and long story short, I had a number of transactions that I was involved with on the landlord side while I was working for the landlord where the tenants were doctors. They were at an ENT, I had a plastic surgeon, I had a dentist and different properties, different deals. And all three of those deals, the doctors were unrepresented and the landlords just completely crushed the doctors in the deal. Like the, the doctors had no idea they were overpaying by like four, five, six, seven dollars a square foot. And at the end of the day, when, when those deals got done and we looked at from the landlord side, what the landlord achieved versus what that doctor would have achieved if they would have had proper representation, it was several hundred thousand dollars in favor of the landlord that the doctor lost out on. And in all three of those deals, and there's others, but there's three that really stand out to me, the doctors didn't have a clue. They had no idea if they were overpaying, you know, by a few dollars over 10 years or literally $350,000 over 10 years. And so for me, I just the light bulb went on where I said, hey, there's a whole world of people, specifically healthcare providers that are, are playing a full contact sport and they don't know it. And they're getting hit really, really hard and they don't know it. And I just saw an opportunity to, you know, level the playing field and and move the needle for the doctor. So started doing a lot of tenant rep for healthcare, really enjoyed it. And I felt like I was making more of an impact working on the doctor side than I ever was for any landlord work I had done. So I launched the company uh, in 2009 with a double niche of only healthcare and only tenant and buyer work. And we are now about 14 years in having a lot of fun. Well, you started specifically in dental, correct? 
I did. Yep. I was doing almost exclusively dental back in 2009. And now you guys, and basically if it is anywhere quasi medical, I mean, you guys are chiropractic, pharmacy, physical therapy, veterinary vision, probably a couple others that I'm missing here. I mean, you're, you're doing everything that's quasi healthcare, correct? Correct. Yep. If it's, if it's for health and wellness, well-being, um, we are going to, we're going to help that provider, that practice. And now you're in 40 States and you have how many agents that work with you? Um, we're over 120 some. So this is amazing. And so and what's funny is I recorded a podcast two weeks ago with an orthodontist in my local town who they, we didn't even know each other. And it's a, it's a relatively small town, 300,000 people. There's only a handful of orthodontists. We'd never even talked. And they're using Car Realty to actually secure a location that they're they're in the process of, of building out right now. And ironically, their rep is in Pensacola, which is three hours west of us. Mm-hmm. And I, yep. I, I just struggle, like, because I'm just used to the residential real estate, you know, basically the residential realtor is basically just a glorified tour guide. I'm like, well, how the heck does that work? And because I'm sure the guy from Pensacola is not driving over three hours one way for a 30 minute showing. But this is more the norm in the commercial real estate industry, is it not? Yeah, I mean, we, we love to be local and we are local in, in 40 some states. We've got people in different markets. You know, some states we have people in like eight or nine different markets. So we love to be local if we can be. But, you know, the site selection process, the the due diligence, the site selection, 90% of that happens behind a computer. We're we're running demographics. We're pre-qualifying landlords and sellers. You know, we're looking up traffic counts. We're looking up access. We're we're, we're counting parking spaces on Google Earth. Like we're doing things that is is much different than residential, but you're doing most of it behind a computer screen. So yes, eventually we we get out there, take the doctors, office managers through the spaces. Um, But that process is like an hour and a half, two hours of the deal typically. And then, you know, most of these deals take 40 to 50 hours to complete. So it's a very small percentage. The rest of our work is, is handled, you know, over the phone and in front of our computer. So what does car bring to the table that the typical, you know, JLL or CBRE or your other local uh, commercial real estate person who's more of a journalist, what, what is, what do you guys bring to the table that the journalists don't? So we're going to bring a level of expertise and sophistication that the other people don't have. And so, you know, you can pick any profession. You can say, well, I'm, you know, I'm an attorney. And, and you can say, well, are you family law or are you, are you real estate? Are you litigation? Are you trusts in estates? Like there's different areas you can specialize in. It's just like in healthcare. You could say, I'm a doctor. Are you a chiropractor? Are you orthopedic surgeon? If you need to get a new hip, you're not going to the orthodontist. You're going to the orthopedic surgeon. So we bring an expertise where all we do is work in the healthcare space. Like right now, we have over 4,000 clients that we're doing work for coast to coast, every type of transaction imaginable. And we we just, that's all we do. We specialize. Um, and then we also don't have things that they have in a good way. We don't have conflicts of interest. So the JLLs, the CBREs, the Colliers, Cushwake, those guys are, those are legitimate firms. If you had a property to sell, like those would be probably some of the first calls I'd make, but you call a broker at one of those firms, most likely they work for a couple of landlords or sellers in the area that you're looking and they're going to have a conflict of interest. They can't show you properties where they also have landlords or sellers they work for because they're going to have a conflict or a bias. And so it's, it's one of those things where, 
you know, we use analogies that are you know, overtly obvious, but, you know, if, if you were playing football, like the, the two opposing teams can't share the same coach. If you went to court, like the the uh, the prosecutor is not also the defense. Like you have to have separation between sides and parties because there's a lot of money on the line. And we're not talking about hurting someone, taking advantage of someone, you know, you know, doing things that are not not ethical or integrous, but there's a couple hundred thousand dollars that can either be won or lost in a commercial real estate transaction in the form of you know lease rates, annual increases, tenant improvement allowances free build-out periods, free rent periods, et cetera. And if you if you miss and you pay more than you should or you don't capture what you should on those concessions, you can lose $100,000, $200,000 in a matter of seconds in a deal and have no clue. Yeah, that's a really big deal right there. So with the rise in interest rates, although most of the time you're probably doing leasing more than you're doing buying, is that correct? Yeah, I would say you know as a whole, like 90 5% of commercial real estate is leases versus purchases. There's way more to lease than purchase. We're probably like at 85-15%, but yeah, predominantly leases are just it's more prevalent. So you're not seeing the rise in interest rates affect anything from your perspective then? You know, it, it affects things from this perspective of most of the time that if you're doing a new office, you have to borrow money to pay for build out, to pay for the new equipment and technology, you want working capital, marketing, et cetera. So the rates are higher, but here's what we tell every one of our clients or anyone we're talking to. The rates today are still slightly lower than they were in 07 and 08, believe it or not. Well, historically, it, when you get when you get free money for a decade, people lose perspective. Historically, they're still low. Correct. And so- We'll tell people, listen, if you go and ask a doctor that did a startup or did a new office in 2007 who had an eight and a half percent interest rate and ask them if they wish they had waited five or six years to start later, they're not going to say yes. They're going to say, no, I made the right decision starting then. I refinanced a few years later and I'm, you know, I'm now 17 years or 15 years into my practice and it was the best decision I ever made. So. You can't time the market. You can sit here and hope that rates go down or that you can predict the stock market or the future. You can't. You, you get involved in the game when you're ready to get involved. You do the best you can with what you have. You learn from different ups and downs in the market, but there's never going to be a, a calmness in the market for more than a short period of time. It goes up, it goes down. You, you got to play the cards you're dealt and do the best you can with what you have. So what are some mistakes that you see the typical or average medical professional make when it comes to leasing a space? There's quite a few. <laughs> I'll, try to, I'll try to narrow it down. That's kind of like a question of where do you see people having bad tendencies like with their health? Like we can, we can get into a lot. So uh, the first thing that healthcare providers do is they, they don't come to the table with a strategy. They are, they are ignorant of the fact that there's a lot of money on the line. And so they just show up and just call on a property or they just start asking questions. And when they do that, they're communicating to the other part, the other party that they're not sophisticated. They don't know what they're doing. If, if Chipotle or Starbucks showed up, they're not just showing up asking random questions or you know fumbling through the process. They have a very accurate and precise strategy. They have a game plan. So doctors show up, they ask questions that are unintelligent. They ask questions where, and they'll even just say, hey, I don't really know what I'm doing. And they'll be very transparent. All that speaks to the idea you're not going to get the best terms. You're going to get terms that are way above market and you're going to accept things that you should never have accepted. So mistake number one, it's also tied to, I can make it a separate mistake. I'll combine them, but it, it's taking the do-it-yourself approach. I'll just figure it out. I'm just going to go call this problem. Well, there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers out there. 
there are there's too many. for eight years all of a sudden you think you know everything and yeah like, and yes yes medical professionals i'm talking to you no and it's it's one of those things where like the most successful people find the most qualified people in the area that they need help with i mean if you are doing your own taxes you're a fool like if you're if you're placing your own investments like i don't think you're very intelligent um, when it comes to, you know, you could say, well, I could figure out how to build out my own office. Like that's not a good game plan. Like you should hire a contractor. Technically, yes, you can do it. Same thing for real estate. People say, well, I can call on properties or I can look at an online database or I can submit an offer. You can, and you can also lose hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is probably what's going to happen. So, and they don't realize it because what it is, it's, it's like, oh, it's $10,000 a year or, or, or it's $1,500 a month for 10 years, they may not realize because it just a slow bleed, but it just eats them alive. Yeah, I think, you know, again, I, I like to use analogies because it helps to paint the picture, but there's this wrong impression that it's all just going to work out fairly. And so it's kind of like, well, I'm going to go buy a Ford F-150 pickup truck and I can go to four different Ford dealerships and it's all going to be priced relatively similar. Someone might be a few hundred bucks less, but it's going to be similar. That's not the case in commercial, you know, or they say, well, in residential, you go into a neighborhood, all the houses are similar vintage, similar build finishes. So I can check what they paid. You can't check comps in commercial real estate. They don't publish comps in real estate that are accurate, number one, if it's a lease. Purchasing, yes, you can find out what someone paid, but if it's a lease, you could you could have a building with 10 tenants and you could have a spread of like five to $10 a square foot between what each person's paying. And you could have some tenants that got no money from the landlord and some that literally got $200,000 from the landlord for a build out. And so there's this idea, well, it's going to work out. It'll be fair enough. And it's like, no, it's not going to be close. Like you're, you're going to get taken advantage of at a high level and you're probably going to overpay by, again, significant amounts of money. Yeah, that's just, it's mind boggling. And so many times, you know, somebody may, they just may start playing around the internet and they may not think anything of it. Next thing you know, they're going to look at a property. Next thing you know, they're talking to an agent. And next thing you know, they're like, well, this looks pretty good. And they don't look at the contract because if it's not your expertise, last thing you're going to do is read a contract line for line, unless you're super analytical. And, you know, next thing you know, they, they put themselves in a really bad position. Whereas if you were just a little bit patient, you could have protected yourself and gotten some representation and you, and you, your light years better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a matter of whether or not I can remove my tooth. Like I can do what Tom Hanks did in Castle. I can take a rock and an ice skate and I can get my tooth out. Like That's completing, gonna be fun. completing the transaction is not the victory. Like, I think people will say, well, I can call on the property or I can submit an offer. Like that's not, that's not what's in question. What's in question is, can you protect your largest asset? Can you protect your livelihood? Can you find a way that you could literally work one day less per week and, and net the same amount of money because you don't have access overhead that you are just wasting because you didn't know what you're doing. And again, it's, it's not to be, it's not to be, um, uh, try, it's not trying to hurt someone's feelings by saying that. I mean, I, there's a reason that people don't do their own teeth. They go to a dentist. Like I, I, I don't straighten my, my son's teeth. He goes to an orthodontist. Like it's, it's not a sign of weakness to say that I'm not going to do it myself. It's a sign of intelligence to say someone's better than I am. And if they can give me a better result, even if I have to pay for it, it's worth it to me. Well, let's talk about some wins on reason why reasons why people should do this. So what do you Give us a story of where working with your group, there was substantial uh, savings for the client. 
I'll start with my very first dental deal. Um, one of the top cosmetic dentists in Colorado um, was in a property that he'd been in for a long time, had a lease renewal coming up and super, super good guy. He, he's honestly known nationally for lecturing and seminars and one of the top cosmetic dentists in the country. He told the landlord though, like, I don't want to move. This is where I want to stay. Let, let's work out a deal. Well, what the landlord heard was this guy doesn't know what he's doing, doesn't have other options, doesn't have the right time frame to move. There's no reason that we're going to voluntarily give him a couple hundred thousand dollars in savings or concessions. And so he was going back and forth with this landlord getting nowhere. His lender contacted me and said, Hey, we need some help here. He's not getting the right. They weren't going to give him the right space in the building because he wanted to relocate. They weren't going to give him the right term. The, the lease rate was way higher than they were advertising and they weren't budging. So we came to the table and I said, listen to the doctor, if we don't have other options, if we don't have other possibilities that you could relocate to, there's no fear of loss for this landlord. There's no reason they're going to give you a better deal. It's like someone showing up to your house, wanting to buy something from you with a blank check saying, I have to leave today with whatever it is I want. What will you do for me? Like there's, there's no, there's no posture. There's no strategy. So we went to the market. We found him three or four other very viable options and said, listen, we've got landlords one, two, and three willing to do this. Landlords three and four willing to do this. Um, this property's got better, you know, better X, Y, and Z. And the only way that we're going to even consider negotiating with you guys or continuing conversations is if you guys come to the table with this lease rate, this TI allowance, this free rent. And at that point, they realize they're going to lose the deal if they, if they don't stop playing games. And at that point, they start treating our client the way they would treat Starbucks, Chipotle, you know, Lockheed Martin, someone who's super well known. They're not going to play those same games with sophisticated tenants. So we bring a legitimacy to the deal. And then these guys come to the table then with, with a whole different set of terms. End of the day, we saved him over $300,000 compared to what they were offering him after he'd already gone back and forth like four times. And we get him a bunch of other random intangibles like signage, free parking, stuff like that. So the, the savings were 30, 40 hours of time, $300,000 in cash. And then we also got him a bunch of other things that were intangible. So things people may not realize is these landlords always have the ability to do something for for the tenant, correct? Absolutely. Yep. And how much, well, someone might say, well, it's really inconvenient, it's really expensive for me to move, but how much does it hurt the landlord if the tenant moves? It hurts them a lot. The landlords are more concerned that the tenant is going to vacate the property than the doctors that they're going to have to actually have to move. And so you can say, well, it's inconvenient. Here's my question for you. Is it inconvenient to the tune of $300,000? Because here's the deal too. If they overpay by $300,000, which happens all the time, that's not a, like a stretch to get that number. You, that's not $300,000 of production. That's probably $1.2 million of production. Like you bill a dollar, you don't keep a dollar. So, so, you know. so $300,000, how long is a typical lease? Is it typically 10 years or five years? Um, if it's a renewal, it's a five, seven or 10. If it's a brand new lease, it's typically a 10 year deal. So you $300,000. So you're looking at $30,000 a year or $2,500 $2, a month. Yep. And you're, you're looking at that from the standpoint of you didn't get the right tenant improvement allowance. So you had to borrow extra money and then pay interest on it. Um, you didn't get the right free rent package. And so you can take $30,000, $40,000 of free rent up front and divide that over the 10 years per month if you want to. Um, you can take the idea that you're overpaying on the lease rate by even a dollar, $2 a square foot adds up to $100,000, $200,000 very quickly. 
you don't think about it. It's a few hundred bucks here and there, but again, take six, $700 per month times 12 months times 10 years. And you get up to 80, hundred thousand dollars real quickly. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, people don't look at things from the big picture, what I call the macro view. They look at it in the micro and micro. Oh, it's, it's only a thousand dollars a month. Well, macro. Okay. It's $300,000 over 10 years plus the lost opportunity costs, which makes it usually double or more. Yeah. And then again, you bill a dollar, you don't keep a dollar. So if you overpay in your lease by, you know, by a thousand dollars a month, 12,000 a year, $120,000, that's probably 350 to $400,000 in production that you have to actually bill and collect to be able to pay the rest of the overhead to be left with $120,000 to pay the excess rent. Wow. So again, we're not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, but we're also not going to make a molehill out of a mountain. Like it just, there's a lot on the line. You know, again, let's talk dentistry for a second. They should have just had their teeth taken care of on a regular basis and had good hygiene and had, and had good systems. They didn't. So now all of a sudden they have a cavity. They should have filled the cavity. They didn't fill it. Now all of a sudden they have to get a root canal. They didn't get the root canal. Now they had to get a root canal and a crown. Then the tooth fails and now I'm getting an implant and I'm waiting four or five months for the bone graft to work out and blah, blah, blah. It's like you could deal with it the right way up front and never have the the, the downside or the repercussions, or you can just you know fumble your way through it and you can end up with an issue that's 10 times greater. Wow. And that's the dentist deal with that every single day. So as we wind down right here, what's some last parting thoughts that you would give to a dentist who's considering a real estate move of some kind? I'd give a short list like this. I would say, uh, don't do it yourself, okay? Uh, hire professional representation. Find people that are good at what they do. Spend 15, 20 minutes interviewing a person. And by the way, that doesn't cost them anything because the, the landlord's paying the, 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 the fee on that. Correct, yeah. You're not gonna pay your tenant or buyer agent. It'll be paid by the landlord. And also too, um, huge misconception, you're not saving the money. Like this isn't a for sale by owner where you own the property to the doctor and you're gonna decide not to hire an agent and do it yourself. That commission's already predetermined and set aside. So doctors all the time will say, well, I'm not gonna hire an agent, I'll do it myself, thinking they're saving money. The listing agent just got a double commission or the landlord pocketed the money. So. There's no savings there not to hire someone. So don't do it yourself. Hire professional representation. Um, another one here, you should be negotiating with three or four landlords on every deal. Even if you know the property you want to go into, this is where you get a huge difference from residential real estate. Residential real estate, you find the property, you submit an offer, and then if they accept you're under contract, in commercial real estate, you negotiate on a non-binding basis and you should be going back and forth with three or four landlords probably three or four times. Oh, and wow. that gives you, that gives you perspective. You don't wonder at the end of the deal or the negotiation, should I push harder? You don't wonder, did we leave money on the table? Like sometimes people will say, well, if you're paid by the landlord or the seller, how do I know you're really working for me? Well, if you look at 10 properties, you pick three or four to negotiate with, you go three or four rounds of, of negotiations with each landlord, you're not going to wonder if you left money on the table. So you pick up peace of mind as a result of that, in addition to the financial savings. Yeah, such such a big deal. So if people want to get in touch with you, how 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 what's the best way to get in touch? Um, the best way to reach out to us is through our website, and that is car.us. So it's C-A-R-R.us. And in the upper right-hand corner, you can click to find an agent in your state or your area. Um, if you want to look at some resources, if you're the type of person that likes to get educated on a topic. 
we literally have hundreds of FAQs, glossary pages, articles, videos. We'll give you as much information about commercial real estate as you want. Um, you can also click to get a free lease evaluation. All of our services are free, by the way, but if you want a free lease eval or free purchase versus lease eval, we'll give you as much information as you need to make a decision as far as if you want to work with us or what your game plan should be on your next transaction. That's fantastic. You know, I just, it's so important to get proper representation and there's all sorts of niches, but the one that probably will cost the most if you don't do it right would be a real estate person. Yep. Yeah. I mean, real estate's typically the second highest expense behind payroll for most providers. You know, yeah. you might have a year where you buy a big piece of capital equipment or technology, but over a 30 year career, real estate facilities are going to be number two only to payroll. So yeah, it, it makes it's sense. Worth, it's worth doing it the right way. So, well, Colin, I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. Ross Brandon is a registered representative of Coastal Equities, Inc., and investment advisory representative of Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc., and securities are offered through Coastal Equities, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC, 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.